welcome to episode 10 of the Holly Springs Deep Dive Podcast. I'm so happy that so many of you are listening and engaging in our community. After listening to hours of town council candidates interviews, I originally planned a light topic this week, but when I looked at the primary issues all of those candidates discussed, I knew I had to talk to someone in charge of the landfill. I was able to schedule a private tour of the landfill and had the opportunity to bring guests. I invited on very short notice, seriously, it was only two days notice, each of the town council candidates and a Holly Springs resident who frequently deals with odors from the landfill at her home. Please don't read anything into the candidates who were not able to attend. Tom O'Brien and Sherry Lee, the incumbent candidates, have already been on this tour at least once, and Aaron Wolf is a small business owner, a veterinarian who couldn't ditch his entire morning's appointments without proper notice. Sean McGrath and Garrett Razick came on the tour, as did concerned resident Tanya Palumbo. After the tour, which was fascinating by the way, I sat down with John Robertson alone to chat about what we'd learned and about what was done to ameliorate the odor problem and a little about the future of the landfill. Mr. Robertson is the Solid Waste Management Director for Wake County Government's Environmental Sciences Solid Waste Division. We also talked about things we as citizens can do to help, and I was also schooled on the topic of why we shouldn't call the landfill a dump. Support for this podcast comes exclusively from local business owners like Silver Lake Construction and Treasured Memories. Listen to what these businesses do and support them the next time you have the opportunity. Shopping local really does make a big difference in our community. Silver Lake Construction specializes in commercial interior renovations. Their customers include retail, office and medical tenants, building owners, and property management companies. Their commercial projects include new interior construction, repairs, and restorations. Occupied and fully operational job sites are never a problem. In addition, they can plan, manage, and build multi-phase jobs. Besides building your ideal interior space, Silver Lake Construction strives to build great relationships. They focus on problem resolution by fostering cooperative working relationships between the trades. This ensures potential concerns are anticipated, then addressed with timely communication to mitigate any issues. Finally, they establish a necessary course of action to protect budget and schedule. Silver Lake Construction works with architects and designers to produce beautiful, functional environments. They provide a commitment to quality workmanship, earnest collaboration, and honest communication throughout the process of building your ideal workspace. Contact them today to bring their project management skills and extensive construction experience to your next project. Visit them at silverlakenc.com to learn more. Welcome to episode 10 of Holly Springs Deep Dive Podcast. I am at the field office for the Southwake Solid Waste Management Facility in Holly Springs. I'm sitting here with John Robertson. Hello. Um, welcome, John. Good thank to be here. You, thank you for sitting down with me. You are the guy who signs all the emails that anybody who's ever complained about the odor from, from the landfill, you're the guy who signs them all. Is that right? Effectively, yes. I, I do have other staff on, on that help me draft those on occasion, yeah. but they come out under my signature. So when I requested uh, this interview, 
you asked me to take a tour of the landfill, which I have just completed. And I have to tell you that it was fascinating, so informative, and I recommend that everybody who has the opportunity to take one of these tours to please do it. Yeah, we, we, we certainly applaud that. We appreciate you coming on the tour yeah. um, because we find it, it, it helps put everybody on the same playing field to be able to talk about the things that are going on and what's, mm -hmm. what's happening here. So we appreciate you coming on the tour and applaud your, your yeah, saying Sarah, that that's something that people My tour do. guide, Sara Daverbash, uh, she was so informative and she had answers to every single question and she knew what she was talking about. So I feel very lucky that we got to um, travel around with her. How she would, does a great job for us. She really does. How would um, a citizen sign up to go on one of these tours? Yeah, it's pretty easy, uh, or we've tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, the Just going online at the uh, uh, weightgov.com slash recycling, uh, you'll find a page there that, uh, I think it's somewhere in the middle of that page that you can click on um, public tours uh, or tours of facilities. We actually offer two different kinds of tours facilities. Uh, we have tours of the South Wake Landfill. Mm -hmm. We also offer tours of the Sunoco Material Recovery Facility in uh, West, uh, East Raleigh, sorry, mm -hmm. um, that uh, is a place where people might be interested in going to also because it's where all of your recycling that you put in your, um, your uh, recycling container at the street, that's where it goes to be sorted. Um, and uh, so those are the two tours we offer. The, the, and, and so you click on the link there. There's another link on there that takes you to a page where you can actually sign up online. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sara ultimately is the person that gets that information and, and coordinates uh, people coming on the tours. Um, we don't charge for them. They don't cost anything. We've, we've had occasions where people canceled the last minute. Mm -hmm. um, and it's unfortunate when they do because many times we have a waiting list. A wait list, and yeah. And it's too late to be able to get a hold of those folks to fill those spots. But um, it is what it is, and, and, uh, and she does a great job with that. Well, my daughter, who graduated from Holly Springs High School, uh, came here on a field trip from mm -hmm. AP Environmental Science. So yep. she came home and was like, wow. So, yeah, that, that's uh, another aspect. Uh, I think um, for a number of years we've had some some of the science, I can't remember the name of the course over there, but uh, uh, they come. And there's actually a stream restoration project that we did when the landfill was built. Uh, basically, there was a, 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 a ditch, for lack of another term, that had grown and deepened over the decades before the landfill came. And one of the things that we did as part of that project is basically create a, created a meandering stream um, uh, that, that helps deal with wildlife and trees and all that stuff better than just a deep ditch. And um, uh, so they go to that location. I think they sample water and do stuff like that, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool as well. Yeah. Um, one of the, it's kind of a blessing and a curse for you, I'm sure, but the online odor reporting uh, system that you have. Yes. I have to ask, do you get odor complaints every day? Um, I think I can answer that no, mm -hmm. but it's, it's rare that we don't. Um, and there are many days we get one complaint, maybe two. Mm -hmm. um, the bad days, we, we, I think our record is like 100 complaints on mm -hmm. one day. Um, uh, but that's the far and few between. Mm -hmm. um, the sort of the average is that five to seven mm -hmm. um, a day. 
Um, so, you know, and I, I, I've heard folks say, well, there's no reasons for me to fill out this complaint. It's, it's not being listened to. Well, I can tell you, every person that fills out that complaint, an email, when they complete it within five to ten minutes, an email shows up in my box and four other folks on my staff, plus three folks on our landfill operator staff. So every one of those is received by us, is viewed by us, um, and sort of the protocol that we have is if we get one complaint, we're probably not going to do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. But if we get... Well, because that could easily be you were standing downwind from a dumpster that needed emptying. I mean, it's Thank so you. hard to... Exactly. Yeah. So there, there's, there's, you know, I guess crowdsourcing is a, a term that can be used, but, you know, it, it, having several people collaborate in the same area, the same odor, then we begin to understand, oh, there's certain something, something mm -hmm. going on. Um, and so when it gets into that three to five range, that's when we begin to ask, okay, uh, landfill operator, if, if I have staff on site, we'll take a, take a ride out. But we don't, our Wake County staff does not, don't have anybody here full time. Mm -hmm. um, our primary offices are downtown. Um, but uh, we do ask our landfill operator to take a ride out and um, they'll go specifically to where the areas of that uh, complaint is. People don't have to provide their exact address, really just providing a street is mm -hmm. good enough. Um, but if they want to provide their address, that's fine as well. Um, but that'll send them out there. One, we want to go out to try to verify, make sure from our perspective, is it a landfill odor? And, and they're looking at two different things. Is it a, what we call a working face odor, something that's occurring primarily just because of the, uh, the working face of the landfill where they're dumping trash dumping that day. Things. It hasn't um, been covered up yet. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's in process. Mm -hmm. um, and, or is it related to our landfill gas collection and control system? Um, you know, we've been taking waste since 2008, so there's, I think the numbers, uh, I'm going to forget the number. It, it's under 10 million cubic yards, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's a lot of cubic yardage of waste that's been brought to this site during that time. Um, and so that waste sitting in place generates methane, generates landfill gas, um, and that can become odorous. Um, so Something we have systems to s collect that, and, mm -hmm. and so, so understanding whether it's one of those two will help us figure out what we can or can't do. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I found fascinating about, uh, that I learned about this place on the tour, is that you convert the gas to electricity, well, to well, you yes. sell you yes. sell electricity to Duke Power. Correct. To Duke Energy, excuse me, I'm showing my age. To Duke that's Energy, it. to um, to use as they see yep. fit, and that's fascinating. And you, um, the gentleman Al, who was uh, down at the it's a company called Ingenco. Ingenco. Um, he said that they were generating like seven megawatts. Megawatts. Yep. And and that equates or seven thousand kilowatts. Yeah. And how many houses does that? Yeah. What's the the, the equivalent? Just the, generally, we use a thousand houses per megawatt. Mm -hmm. um, so that's seven thousand houses yeah. worth. Yeah, and and that's that a thousand is generally based upon peak usage. So mm -hmm. we're talking two p.m. in the afternoon on a day like today when it's going to be over ninety degrees and everybody's air conditioner is yes. blowing out a lot of AC. Um, it's during that peak time that uh, that you're you. A megawatt is providing power to a thousand homes. So the reality is, you can say during off peak times, it's much more than seven thousand. But seven thousand is sort of one thousand per megawatt is mm -hmm. sort of the base. Uh, that facility 
Yeah, just a little bit of background on that facility. You know, we like to say the uh, power we create on mm -hmm. this site is used by Holly Springs residents mm -hmm. because they're the closest neighbors to it. Those electrons are used here in Holly Springs. Um, but uh, uh, the other piece to that is um, that facility has been here since about 2012 and they've grown over time. When they first were in installed, um, they were generating about three megawatts. Mm -hmm. um, eventually they went to four and a half, then six, and then they recently made an expansion to the facility that they now have the cap capacity of generating nine megawatts. We think that's sort of the ultimate capacity of their facility. Um, and, uh, and that's somewhat in the range mm -hmm. of the m maximum amount of landfill gas we think we'll generate on this site mm -hmm. at a time. Um, I, there are, as you know, John, there are so many complaints about this place, but one of the things I was able to see on this tour that there are so many good things happening too. Um, I had no idea the number of things you could bring here to recycle. Right. You can bring clothes, shoes, books, books. Um, cooking oil mm -hmm. that you are totally not supposed to put down the drain. So if you are, please stop right now. <laughs> um, motor oil. Yep. There, um, there are so many things that you can recycle here. Anything with a plug? Anything with a plug, that's right. I saw a lot, like stacks of washers and dryers and microwaves and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so many things. And one of the great things about having it here is you don't have to drive 30 minutes to take your stuff that you no longer need or want or things that are broken right. um, or things that aren't fit to donate you know, to a charity. You can bring them here. Right. Um, and I like that it's close. I think it makes people more likely to do it. I would be more likely to drive 10 minutes than to drive 45 minutes. Um, you, you just bring to bring an old computer or a mercury thermometer or something like that to recycle. Yeah, you bring up a great point. We have 11 convenience centers around the county, but four of those locations, well, three right now, we have, we're working on a fourth one, um, of those facilities have what we call our multi-material recycling facilities that has the things like oils and, and electronics and, and uh, pallets and... Uh, I can't think of everything right now. Paint. Um, paint, yeah, and, and household hazardous waste facilities, mm -hmm. which take our paint and, and pesticides, insecticides, those things that you really shouldn't put in your um, trash can um, that can cause problems both at the landfill and, and otherwise. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, so right now we have three of those, one at North Wake, one at South Wake, which is this facility, and one in the, the eastern part of the county. We're working on building one in the Morrisville Cary area as mm -hmm. well over the next few years. Um, so I think that that is something that I wish people knew about this place. Um, typically, I think the average Holly Springs citizen drives past it on 540, you know, at the very end of 540, and it's like, oh, there's that thing. And that's a great point. I want to point out something There's so much there. going on that what, you don't know. What you see on 540 is not our facility. It's not? No. Um, that's one of the things that uh, there, there's actually a, as you drive in on Old Smithfield Road uh -huh. from 55, uh -huh. you, you're coming south on 55 from 540, you make that first right. right. Um, the first driveway you come to is actually a construction and demolition waste facility that's privately owned. See, I thought I was being smart. Called Greenway Waste, I believe yep. is the name of the company. Nice. Um, so that's what you see. Okay. And sometimes we 
we get complaints about how that facility looks and right. we have to say, well, it's not our facility. We I, don't I have any I've control seen, over it. I, I think I've seen a pile of wood chips yep. smoking yes. at one point. You have. For yep. about a year, they had a, <laughs> That's a deep long time. Uh, uh, smoking issue and, and we had to explain to many people that was not us. Not it. Um, yeah. And uh, they did get that under control. It took a while. I think at Town of Apex Fire Department actually assisted with assisted them with that on several occasions mm -hmm. trying to make sure it was under control. Um, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. I that, well, that's, I, that's what we need to know. But I think my point was that people just see the sign that this is back here. Um, they don't know all of this stuff is is available to mm -hmm. them. They just drive in. Um, there's no charge. Yep, it's so just Wake County residents, right. which is an, an, an important thing to know. Right. So that's good too. Yeah, the, the only thing you pay, um, so our, just, uh, this is probably a good entrance to, to throw this out there. Uh -huh. um, every household, so only households in Wake County, um, no businesses pay for this, no commercial entities. Um, you pay $20 a year, uh -huh. um, and that's the funding we use to build these facilities. Um, and uh, uh, so that that one, what I consider a fairly small source, mm -hmm. a couple of lunches uh, a, <laughs> for one year, um, is the basis of which we are able to build these facilities and, and, and operate them. The biggest cost is in the operation. Well, there's a lot um, that we can do here to reduce the amount of garbage that goes in the landfill. Yeah. Um, so many, you know, there were so many stations where there are these very friendly people working here who are ready to get stuff out of your car, help you decide where to put things, say, no, don't drop that off here. You need to right. go four stalls up right. um, or around the bend to where the cooking oil goes, to where the microwaves go. Um, everybody is was so nice on the tour good, that we got good. to run into do you how many people work um how many people does this facility employ yeah so there's several different aspects to that the, the landfill itself um they're in the order of 12 people that work there between you know three or four people that are in the office um, and then the folks that are operating the equipment and, and that sort of thing. And they can balloon to 20 to 25 mm -hmm. with temporary help for picking litter and, and various things that they're doing on site. Um, at the convenience center, um, once again, it's based upon time of day and, and whatever the day it is. I, one, one plug I'll throw out there is if you're coming to our facility on a Saturday, I'd avoid 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. because that's when it's busiest so that's yeah. when you're going to have your biggest delay. That's when everybody's cleaning out if, their garage. If you have the opportunity to come later in the day or first thing in the morning or particularly on a weekday because we're open seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. so there's plenty of opportunity um, to come to our facility. Uh, you'll, you'll experience less traffic during mm -hmm. that time. But that aside, um, the convenience center has a maximum of four people working there at any one time. That's typically like on a Saturday um, to the least they typically have there is two. Mm -hmm. um, the HHW or Household Hazardous Waste Facility, there's one to two guys there depending on what's going on. And then at the multi-material facility, they have anywhere from two to three people working at that site um, to help people unload, uh, to show f folks where things go, that sort of thing. And you have other people who work um, down, you know, with the uh, with the the generators. Uh, okay, yeah, thank you. They, Sorry, they work, uh, yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, um, our Ingenco, right uh, now. Yeah, Ingenco. Ingenco company that uh, operates the uh, the plant. 
they typically have it's a pretty pretty interesting how they do this um, they have one person that's there um, most of the time and then sometimes they'll have a second or third when they're doing maintenance on the engines mm -hmm. and that sort of thing it's it's very and they have to do that a lot he they told do. us how often they have to they do change the oil on those diesel yeah engines. they're somewhat of an unusual we call it landfill gas to energy company uh -huh. um, uh, they use it, it's it's complete recycled from the beginning to end they use um, recycled recycled, recycled yep. Detroit diesel truck engines that mm -hmm. they find on uh, junkyards all over the US mm -hmm. they bring them in they refurb them and then put them back into service here and uh, essentially what they're doing is is taking a little bit of diesel fuel oil somewhere about two to four percent and the rest of it being landfill gas um, uh, the diesel fuel oil helps run the get engine, it started. get it started, um, and uh, and basically they're running that engine, and that engine's turning uh, a motor that's creating power, um, and and then it just basically from there they uh, put it on a, a power line back going back to Duke and yeah. sell the power to Duke. So those people are also employed because yeah. of this. Do you know what percentage of the people who um, get their livelihood from here live here? Do you have any idea? Within Holly Springs? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that. Uh, that's something we can look into. Um, I suspect, you know, Holly Springs is an up-and-coming area. Mm -hmm. um, property values are not cheap. Uh, Correct. And, and most of the guys that work in here, unfortunately, are not real high-paid. So mm -hmm. um, I would be surprised if a large percentage of them yeah. are, but I suspect a few. Well, that's kind of a hot topic uh, in my previous episodes when I was talking to town council candidates, um, mm -hmm. how uh, housing was too expensive for law enforcement, mm -hmm. for um, a lot of firefighters, um, teachers, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. N knowing what you know about this landfill, would you advise any of your friends or your adult children to not live here. Treasured Memories takes your most cherished life events, favorite funny quotes, and favorite family moments to create high-quality, hand-painted wood signs. Heather's creations tell a story of a family vacation, a favorite song, a loved one who has passed, or a cherished family memory. Each piece is designed and hand-painted to proudly display in your home or to give. Heather's signs are the perfect one-of-a-kind gift for anyone. She's happy to customize any piece to your liking, including her most popular signs featuring a loved one's handwriting or a child's drawing. With farmhouse-inspired signs, your family's personality and stories will be turned into an heirloom to be enjoyed for years. Contact Heather today at treasuredmemoriesnc at gmail.com or you can look them up on Facebook by searching Treasured Memories by Heather. You can also stop in at our Moments in Time in downtown Holly Springs or Adventures in Bloom in downtown Cary where you can shop a large selection of pre-made signs. Knowing what you know about this landfill, would you advise any of your friends or your adult children to not live here? <laughs> um, you know, I, the way I always look at that is know your surroundings. Uh -huh. You know, I think people can make an educated decision that um, the potential for an odor, the potential for some other 
right. issue traffic or whatever that's, that's fairly common. Um, I, I think being informed is probably mm -hmm. the biggest thing I would recommend. And, and I, you know, I can't say, I, I, do, I do struggle with some of the houses that are about 900 feet from the landfill. Mm -hmm. um, there's one particular development that is very, very close to the landfill. And, um, and it was built after the landfill was built, so I, I understand those issues. Um, I think living there is not a problem, but living there, you probably have to be there understanding that there's a, a good potential for certain days of the year, um, particularly when the wind direction is, is, is Just right. not favorable, yeah. um, that, uh, that there's really not a whole lot we can do on this site to prevent the potential for an hour or two in the morning mm -hmm. of, of having odors. Um, we're working hard to, to try to minimize that. Um, I, that's one of the other things I noticed on the tour is that there are so many monitoring um, stations mm -hmm. and so many different ways to abate the odor, so many things that you do on a preventive basis, so many things that are a response. Um, you work really hard to keep the odor down. We do. Listeners, if you're upset about the landfill, please know that they are not sitting around here laughing at us. Drinking coffee and... Right. right. You guys, there is so much that is being done here. You cover over the garbage brought yeah. in every single day. Yeah, that's a great point. That's one thing that we have to always clarify um, because some folks feel that maybe that doesn't occur. Mm -hmm. and. And I guess I will say there are times when it's very challenging. Mm -hmm. So um, this past year, year and a half, we've had extreme amounts of rain. Mm -hmm. And much of that rain seems to always want to occur from 4 to 7 p.m. at night. And that's when we're having to close the landfill. Uh -huh. um, so by close the landfill every day, by permit, we are required to close the landfill. And th what that means is we close it with one of three different methodologies. One is soil. And generally, soil is the best, met best method from an odor perspective. Mm -hmm. um, it gives us the best barrier. So um, is that just because it's a physical barrier yeah, and it has it's, some it's microbial at least component? Six, it's usually at least six inches thick, uh -huh. and we can compact it to some degree. Do you think that it, like biological material that's in it helps? or Not necessarily. Um, it's just the thickness, okay. primarily, that, that helps with that. Um, the problem with soil is then you've got to deal with either pulling it back the next morning, which can create odors, mm -hmm. or um, if you leave that soil in place, then it becomes a barrier in the future for when you're trying to get landfill gas out of the system. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, so soil is, is generally during this time of year is our preferred method. We also have what's called a posi shell, and it's basically we take the latex paint that we have, we mix this it with a- you can recycle here, Yes, you way. can bring your latex <laughs> paint here. Um, Preferably 10 cans or less yeah. um, at a time. Um, and uh, uh, that is mixed with what's called a, a sort of a, a cementist type material and water. And they basically spray that on. And it keeps out vermin. Um, and it, it's relatively good if you have a very smooth waste mass at keeping out odors. The problem is, you can imagine. Um, it's not very smooth. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we run over it numerous right. times to get compaction, but there's still going to be undulation, undulating nature. So, um, well, one of the things that I saw a lot of when I, you know, in the visible trash that I saw was mattresses. Yeah, and mattresses. our tour guide, Sara, said yeah. that those mattresses are a big issue when it comes to covering it up yep. because they poke out because right. they're so big and springy and whatever. Yep. 
Um, no matter how many times you run over them and wherever they, they just are, pop they, right they back come up. back up. Yeah. You end up with an indentation for your butt in yeah. two years, yeah. but a trash compactor ton, however many tons those things weigh, rolls over it and it springs back up. Yes. I don't know what that's about, but <laughs> It's maybe. the springs inside them. Yes, it's ridiculous. But another thing Sara told us about mattresses was that there's no good way to recycle them. Currently. They, you can shred a car, but you cannot pick apart a mattress. I mean, there's lots of mixed it, materials. You can, but it's very time-intensive and labor-intensive. Mm -hmm. Now, interesting enough, um, this coming Monday, myself and somebody else on my staff, we're going to Mecklenburg County. Mm -hmm. They have recently acquired a specialized shredder that they use for construction and demolition waste, for tires, and they've recently started using it on mattresses. Um, They've had limited success on mattresses because they, they still have a problem when those springs go through their, their the, what your goal is when you shred something is you're trying to separate it into its mm -hmm. various parts. So you right. put the metal here with a magnet, you're selecting mm -hmm. the metal, you put the wood in one spot mm -hmm. and you put the fabric. fabric in another, and then you can send those to different markets potentially for recycling right. or reuse. Um, so anyways, we're going to go look at that because our intention right now is we're working on a mattress recycling program here. I mean, um, I probably saw 10 mattresses out there just in a cursory glance yep. over and it was very depressing. But she said that that hindered the odor. It does. Um, it doesn't help, I guess yeah. is one way to put it. Um, so yeah, posi shell. And then we also use these large industrial tarps. These are not like your go to Lowe's or Home Depot mm -hmm. type tarps. They're, they're I think about... 20 to 25 feet wide and about 80 feet long, maybe mm -hmm. 100 feet long. Um, so those are the ways we cover. And so, as I was describing earlier, when it rains, sometimes it's hard to use soil because it's rains, mud. the soil gets muddy. Yeah. Um, and uh, so every day we do close it, but some days it may be uh, not an ideal closure. And so that's one of the things we're working on is our vendor has come up with a new methodology. It's a foam type material. Uh, that we hope, the goal is that it will be much more effective um, dealing with the undulating nature. Mm -hmm. And then also it's, uh, it's supposed to work well even during rain um, mm -hmm. events. Um, it's, it, best I can describe it, try to think of the stuff you use you can buy at the home at the Lowe's store called Great Stuff. Oh, it's the, not the same. Yeah, to, it's not the to same, insulate it, holes it's in your house. similar to yeah. that. Um, and uh, the positive thing is it expands, it does solidify to some degree, and then when they come back the next day, they simply run over it, mm -hmm. and it crushes up and just becomes part of the, the, uh, uh, the waste stream okay. in the landfill. It doesn't take up a lot of space, that sort of thing. So that might be, so that might be why you would smell an odor in the in the afternoon rush hour if it is raining yes um, yeah. and, and another reason another time that's bad for smelling odors is in the morning right. and that is because um trash is being brought in right um there's the 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 dew point and humidity it's it's just a perfect little cocktail of stink right um, yeah it, it the factor is yeah first thing in the morning about 6.30, they, the landfill opens at 7, but about 6.30 they get the equipment out there, they begin to clear the area that they're going to accept waste that day and prepare for it. So beginning about 6.30 we could begin to have mm -hmm. the potential for odors escaping from the landfill. Um, and then the, the waste begins to show up at 7. And I would say generally 95% of our odor complaints are from 6.30 to 9 o'clock in the morning. Okay. We have a few in the evening, um, but most... Uh, 
mm-hmm. 90 to 95% are in that time frame. Um, and so, you know, th- there's a variety of things we can try to do there, and we're still working on trying to, to deal with that issue. But you know, as you said, the humidity, all those things sort of hold things close to the ground first thing in the morning. And it really comes down to that wind direction. Mm-hmm. If the wind direction happens to pick up, because typically during the nighttime, there's not a lot of wind unless there's some event, uh, weather event going on. Um, it's fairly calm at night. But that first thing in the morning, the wind kicks up. And if it's blowing to the south, there's very little that can be done to prevent that potential for an odor. Mm-hmm. Um, our goals that we're working hard to, to try to achieve are to minimize those occurrences mm-hmm. and to minimize the, the duration. duration. Um, and those are our two focuses right mm-hmm. now. And one of the other things I saw that was a, um, an odor abatement effort on your part was the uh, pipe that surrounds the whole area that's perforated right. and it has the plant-based um, odor neutralizing, yeah. what is that called? It's, uh, I don't know the na- specific e- name, Ecosorb. Ecosorb, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it's a vapor-based system. Mm-hmm. So basically we're taking something that's in a liquid state through a combination of heat and this blower fan, Mm -hmm. they're vaporizing that into air Mm -hmm. and then spreading that air through this pipe and these Mm -hmm. these little... And it goes up about 30 feet, is that what Sarah said? It depends on the wind. It depends on the wind and the the humidity and Mm -hmm. and all those factors we talked about before. It really, its goal is to get up in the Mm -hmm. air and then as the wind brings odor by it those two mix before it gets to the neighborhood well it smells really good we were able to get out and i smelled it i thought it smelled like cinnamon you said that it's kind of supposed to be sort of a pine scent it does not smell like pine understood understood (laughs) you should go out and smell it yeah i will like i said it may be because it's october and i've got pumpkin spice on my mind (laughs) yeah but it totally smelled like cinnamon um is there any way to uh, i understand that the height that that prevents odors from breaching is lower now than the height of the landfill. landfill. Is there a way to elevate that or like spew it out from, you know, towers or something like that? The the future concept is in addition to, so moving that system is not very feasible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's sort of in a permanent location now we will move it as the landfill moves from one area to the next, um, but that's every couple of years. Um, moving it on a regular basis is very difficult. It's eight inch pipe and it's mm-hmm. about 3,500 feet long. Yep. Um, so it's fair, It's over a half a mile in length. Um, the, the other alternative is they have these mobile uh, type odor units, sprayers, that uh, they're more water-based so they have they're susceptible to freezing, which is not an issue yeah, right now. That's <laughs> um, but uh, does be con- potentially become an issue in November, December, mm-hmm. certainly in January and February. Um, but uh, but that's sort of the next stage of of consideration is in addition to the vapor-based system bringing in some sort of mobile mm-hmm. uh, type units. They they have limited success in other places so that's one of the reasons we've resisted so far using them or trying to use them extensively but uh, i suspect um, that may be something we have to consider coming up well the um the ecosorb um you have a material safety sheet on that is that correct if anybody is concerned about it yes but it is plant-based yep Um, you can go i think it's on the it's buyer scientific website Mm -hmm. by 
erscientific.com, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and they have a uh, data, material data sheet there on the ECOSOR. Okay. Uh, so I would imagine that there is kind of a, yes, this sounds good, but for every single thing that you could do to minimize odor further. I think it's great that you have all of those, you know, wells that pull the gas away to make energy out of it. That's one thing. You cover it up. That's mm -hmm. another thing. The yeah, and we have to keep up with the wells. Uh, you know, the landfill is growing, mm -hmm. and so one of the things we have to make sure, and this is where we might have gotten behind in the last about a year, year and a half ago, mm -hmm. is the landfill was growing at a pace that we weren't able to keep up with. And so we've made some changes within our group to make sure we're reacting, we're not reacting, we're planning for and building those facilities earlier rather than later. Now it's brought about some operational challenges for us um, because when you start putting wells where they're gonna be placing waste in the future, now you have to talk about raising those wells in the future mm -hmm. and it's not an easy process, mm -hmm. but those and are the kind expensive. of things we're, we're working on. Well, yeah. not only expensive, it's just difficult to do. Um, you know, can you imagine um, they're placing waste in an area and then you've gotta go in and basically weld it's not it's not arc welding it's it's more of plastic melting type mm -hmm. process mm -hmm. um, or, or, or connection of plastic pipes that you're extending those pipes within the waste mm -hmm. um, it's just not a pleasant place to drilling be. through mattresses and whatnot yeah <laughs> and so um, uh, it's just so but yeah. those are the kind of things we're trying to do to make sure we're staying ahead of right the so issues. that kind of thing the expense and the difficulty is is in the con column. Yep. Um, I've heard about um, like incineration, hmm. the pollution to the atmosphere, um, and the danger, and all of that thing is the con of that. What other options are there um, to, you know, kind of make this place not have to expand as much as it has? Okay. Um, what are the things that are possibilities? Um, is there anything short-term that is coming down the line that we should know about? Well, let me, I may try to address that. So the first place to start is the Southwake Landfill. There's a 25-year agreement between Wake County and all of the towns in Wake County, with mm -hmm. the exception of Holly Springs. Uh, they chose not to be a part of that back in the uh, early 2000s. Um, and that that's a 25-year agreement, so that gets us to 2033. Mm -hmm. um, so what, is, what do you mean that Holly Springs chose not to be a part of that? So it, it's a partnership that we have with those towns, uh -huh. and basically it says Wake County agrees to own, operate, and, and deal with a disposal location if the towns agree to bring their waste to our facility. Mm -hmm. And if they do bring their waste to their facility, they'll actually get a small rebate each mm -hmm. year based upon that waste stream. The key with a landfill is if you have too little waste, it becomes very expensive to deal with that waste. Right. So there, there's an economy of scale yep. to a point. You know, you don't want so much waste that you've got traffic problems and those kinds of things. Um, but there's sort of that, that sweet spot, if you will, that you want to be over um, to sort of have that economy of scale. So uh, from the county's perspective, we needed to make sure we had the appropriate amount of waste minimum coming to the facility. Um, so those towns all agree to bring that waste. Holly Springs was in a fight, if you will, with the county at the time about mm -hmm. the siting of the landfill here. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's essentially why they didn't 
join. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some discussion that, you know, would the, uh, um, would the partners accept Holly Springs in if they'd like to be? Um, I think that's certainly something that the partnership would consider if that's something the town was interested in. It, the benefit would be you bring your waste here, you get a, it's about, out of a $30 tip fee, you get about $10 back um, uh, from a rebate perspective. Um, so but, if there's a time limit, um, does that correlate with the capacity limit too? And since we have more waste than I think anybody anticipated, is there a chance that this place will be capped off or closed or whatever you want to call it before that 25 so years? So the, the unfortunate thing from that perspective is it's probably the opposite has occurred. Now, so let me describe this to you. In Wake County, there's several sources of waste. There is the municipal partners, which we sort of have control over and know we're coming to the South Wake mm-hmm. landfill. There's a lot of commercial waste developed, uh, uh, generated within Wake County between businesses, restaurants, all that kind of thing. That's not part of the partnership. So there are commercial waste haulers that manage that waste. Mm-hmm. Um, any given year, we estimate anywhere from 50 to 75% of that waste may actually leave the county. And those commercial haulers are making the decision to take that waste to one of their regional landfills that's 50 to 75 miles from here. There's one in Sampson County, there's one near Asheboro, there's one near the border with Virginia. Um, so not all of the waste generated in Wake County comes to the South Wake landfill. There's the first point to make there. Mm-hmm. So when we opened the landfill in 2008, everybody knows in 2009 we had the Great Recession. Yep. Um, well, people buy less, they throw away less. So we actually saw tonnages significantly reduce for about four years. Um, from 2009 to 2013, we went from 450,000 tons down to 400,000 tons a year. Um, ultimately, the 25 years was based upon 450,000 tons growing at about 3% per mm-hmm. year. Um, so you can do the math and pretty quickly um, determine that we are now projecting the landfill to last closer to 2038, 2040. Okay. Um, that can change every year because mm-hmm. some years we get more waste than others and, and like I said, we, we only control about 50% of that waste, the, the other 50 plus percent is controlled by those commercial haulers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so 2033 is sort of the, the minimum, I would say. Okay. Now, you ask about waste energy. Um, I just had a conference call. I was in here earlier with a consultant that's doing our uh, comprehensive solid waste management plan. And one of their activities as part of that plan is to update some prior work that we've done on uh, what are our other options, uh-huh. our future options? Uh, one of those being uh, the, the term of art is waste energy or energy from waste. Mm-hmm. Effectively, in many cases, it's referring to incineration. Mm-hmm. Um, today's incinerator is much different than maybe the term that you or the, what some folks may be familiar with elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the, probably the newest one in, in the United States is uh, in Florida. Um, it was built about five or six years ago. Um, brand new facility. Uh, it uh, it's hard to tell that that's a waste facility when you see it from outside. The way it's built, it does have a smokestack, but mm-hmm. it does not. It, I've seen it in operation, and it's not billowing smoke like the uh, like the uh, um, Duke Energy uh, power plant 
uh, nuclear power plant. It's steam that they're yeah, generating say, there, but, that but steam, still, yeah. but uh, it's not the same visible um, thing there. Uh, they've gotten very, I guess what I'm saying is they've gotten much better at that type of technology and mm -hmm. minimizing the environmental effect mm -hmm. um, from some of those facilities. So what's the, the downside of that option? Cost. Mm -hmm. um, effectively, uh, and that's going to be part of this study, you know, we're talking 30 to $35 per ton uh, for a landfill um, in these facilities. Based and, and the way they operate is they're basically turning that waste as much of as they can to energy. Mm -hmm. And that process uh, means it's cheaper when the power prices are higher. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, over the past five years, power pricing has has taken has gone down quite a bit uh, in general. So, um, and power usage. And so, in that case, we're expecting that a we're probably talking at least sixty dollars a ton, and mm -hmm. more than likely closer to a hundred dollars a ton for an energy to waste facility. And how much is it? For, uh, with the current system? Uh, per $30 a ton $30, for okay. a landfill. So you're talking doubling, potentially tripling of the uh, tip fee cost when you go to that kind of facility. Mm -hmm. So it's a cost that would have to be passed on to all the users mm -hmm. across the county. Um, so it's a decision that uh, you know the whole county, if they wanted to build that kind of facility, would have mm -hmm. to make. Well, one thing uh, that Sarah told us on the tour was that Wake County seems to be above average in trash production. We uh, produce five pounds of garbage every day mm -hmm. for every man, woman, and child right. in this county. Right. And that compares to the North Carolina average of four and a half pounds. It's just an extra eight ounces, but multiplied times the population right. of Wake County, and that's a lot. Yeah, there's a couple of factors in that. Mm -hmm. um, those numbers typically include construction and demolition waste. And this is growing. So and the area you, is growing so much, there's area, a lot of that. It has a lot of growth, and mm -hmm. so there's a lot of construction. There's a lot of demolition-related work that goes on. So that adds to it. Mm -hmm. um, not, you know, not trying to defend that Wake County folks are not mm -hmm. trashier than other counties. Um, <laughs> we aren't but, trashier, come but, on. <laughs> but, <laughs> we might um, generate more trash, yeah. but we aren't trashier. <laughs> and, and I guess and that, that's a whole other effect <laughs> yeah. of the affluence yeah. of Wake County is is as I described earlier during the 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 sort of the opposite of the recession you buy more mm -hmm. you throw away more and that's one of the reasons we're trying to do our best to find as many options for recycling and and other non-disposal options mm -hmm. for items well uh, one of the biggest contributors to odor is organic material true. yes and something that we as citizens could do to reduce that is compost more. Yeah, And for I sure. understand from Sara that there is a compost bin program where residents can purchase one. Mm -hmm. They're very expensive normally. They're over $100 normally. Right. But uh, Wake County residents can purchase one for- About 50 bucks. 50 bucks. Yep. Um, and it's not like, um, you know, you would be putting your compostables out at the curb, but you would be able to compost it in your own yard and right. you could use it in your own yard. Yep. Um, so that's one program yeah, that, that would be good to we're know. We're pretty excited about. about that. We've, I think, I think Sara, uh, I think it was 600 bins we sold this past um, spring. Mm -hmm. I guess that was this spring. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we tried to offer that program at least once a year and, and many times we try to do it twice a year um, where. Uh, 
you you don't pay us you're paying this other company directly mm -hmm. for your compost bin and then we are coordinating them bringing a tractor trailer load of those down and then we handle the distribution of those to people and how would somebody interested in getting one of those get one uh, monitor our website okay. um, follow up with Sara um, uh, we have we haven't talked about when the next time we're doing mm -hmm. it but probably within the next few months we'll mm -hmm. be doing another one of those programs and uh, there'll be a link on our web page it'll okay. be pretty simple that's good to know and there um, there are trees available yeah. during the spring and fall and the point of that is for odor reduction well no it's more visual visual um, so the two things so important thing to note is we have a um, South Wake Citizens Committee uh -huh. that meets twice a year um, we just had a meeting a week or so ago we had about 40 people come it was great um, we've had at times that there's more staff at those meetings than there are people um, but this particular one we got a lot of people to come which was I think was great um, we encourage others to get involved you can find out information on our website about that committee um, but that committee's purpose is to be sort of a conduit of discussion between us the landfill operator and the community um, and some of the outcomes of that have been some of these odor pro odor things that we've put together but then also has been this tree program um, one of the concerns that was raised early on is, well, I'm going to see this landfill in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And we've done some studies. They're called visualizations that we're going to have on our website if they're not already there now, um, of where we went around the community and tried to find views of the landfill. Mm -hmm. We've really only found two spots where the landfill is currently visible. One is from the entrance to the Forest Springs neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and so we did a visualization of, of when under certain time periods as the landfill grows when you can see it and what it might look like. Mm -hmm. One of the things we've done, particularly with the Forest Springs community, is we've established this tree program where um, they can, we can provide them up to five trees um, that are of the right species and right height that they can plant them in their backyard mm -hmm. and over time we don't provide them with them being 20 feet tall to right. start with they're well they're, uh, in my experience when I've planted trees if you start small they sort it they're easier to get established yep, yep. and everything so they actually Certainly. probably a lot easier better. to a lot easier to install too. Well, and put in your car <laughs> yeah um, and uh, and then the, the thought process is those, as those trees grow the uh, the view of the landfill would be obstructed yeah I mean your view would be obstructed a lot faster if you put it in your yard just by the rules of geometry and right. angles than if right. you planted them around exactly the over at the landfill right yeah yeah um, and so uh, that's a program that's sort of we've we've paused it right now we've we've run it twice we're just waiting on more people to come in and say, hey, I'd like more trees, and, and we'll reopen that program. So is this just available to the neighborhoods identified as being in the line of sight of yeah, the... Yeah, that's, okay. that's the approach. And okay. if somebody says, hey, I can see the landfill, let us know, and we'll certainly as come take a look As long as they don't it. get it mixed up with the thing I did earlier with the, with the, the other side. Which is the 55 on, Yeah, the 540. I suspect if they can see that, they probably can see us. Yeah, so. yeah. So... Is the okay? We talked about incineration and how expensive it is. Is there any kind of like microbe or any kind of like biological thing that could just eat all this garbage? Well, I mean that's effectively what's happening in the landfill today. Just um, that's, really slow. that's the whole process of generating methane yeah. and, and that sort of thing. It's what what's essentially occurring um, within the landfill. 
Um, you know, there's there's always new technology that folks are looking at. You know, the term that was used for a number of years was called gasification, and that um, by no means am I saying that's no longer available, but mm -hmm. um, it's had limited success in the places it's been tried. Um, there is still new technology that I, I suspect is on the horizon that we'll have an opportunity to look at before we have to make final decisions. But, uh, you know, our goal would be currently, based upon the current status of things, and this is one of the things this study is going to look at, is probably in that 2030 to 2035 time frame is when we need to have the next waste disposal method in design and in construction. Um, and uh, so we've got a little bit of time to get there, but mm -hmm. those kind of things take time to plan for. And certainly with large capital investments, there's lots of planning that has to occur. So we're, mm -hmm. we're starting on that now um, and uh, the goal of having it in place um, before our landfill is complete. So one of the things that I believe is that um, sometimes things just are what they are. Um, so instead of our citizens just complaining and moaning and groaning about this landfill, I want the takeaway to be that there are things that every single citizen of Holly Springs, there are things we can do to lessen the impact of this place sure. on their everyday lives. Sure. Composting. Sure. Uh, recycling. Yep. Being a better steward of the things that you throw away. Right. Um, I could not believe the amount of cardboard I saw yes. being pushed around yep. among all of the mattresses. Agreed. There was so much cardboard, and I get that you can't recycle like the bottom of a pizza box, but that doesn't mean you, you throw the whole pizza right. box you in the garbage. The you rip off. off the lid. Yep. Um, but there, be better recyclers. Think about starting a compost heap in your yard if you have a big enough property. If not, get one of the $50 compost yep. bins through you. Yep. Um, there is so much we can do. Report when you smell the odor. Right. Uh, there yep. are so many systems in place yep. here An that can respond to it. Another thing that we're in the process of doing, um, we had hoped to have it in place by now, um, but we are eventually going to convert to an app. Um, it's first going to come in the form of a new page for where you uh, submit your information, but ultimately we're working towards having an app for submitting those complaints. And the advantage there is the app typically will give location information so that, you know, um, I, I guess you'll have the option to say, report the odor where I am mm -hmm. um, versus putting in an address, right. uh, those kinds of things. That's in process. Well, that's that's good. Um, but report the odors so so you can take care of it. Don't just cross your arms and stick out your lip and be grumpy about it. Um, <laughs> Holly Springs and this landfill are, can be partners or they can be adversaries and it's better to be a partner yeah, I think. We're doing our best to do that. Yeah well um, I appreciate it. Is there anything uh, that you wish people knew about this landfill that I haven't asked about? Well that's that's the hard part <laughs> yeah. is we've had a pretty comprehensive comp yeah. uh, uh, conversation. Um, uh, I, you know I think I think the thing that I always the exciting thing about this facility to me is the whole energy production piece. Mm -hmm, me too. And, uh, I had no um, idea. It, it's Sherry Lee we're, brought we're, it up. Sherry taking, Lee brought it up in my interview okay, with her, and that cool. piqued my interest. And when I saw that, it was like, wow. There, you know, the concept there is is we're taking something bad, 
mm-hmm. which is, and not that methane is, well, methane is bad and harmful to the environment. We're preventing that from escaping into the environment um, and bringing with it odors and then just other uh, environmental issues uh-huh. and being able to turn that into something positive, which is being used by the neighbors in, in Holly Springs um, through, uh, through the production of power. Um, it's pretty cool. It um, is. The, you know, ultimately, that efficiency is not like a waste energy plant because waste energy, you're actually, you know, you're going to create power from that waste directly. There's a whole biological process, as we talked about, mm-hmm. for this to become waste at our landfill just because of the way that works. But, um, but still, um, it's, it's pretty cool that we're, uh, as you described, seven megawatts. And mm-hmm. that's not just for a few hours a day. That's right. 24-7, 365 days a year. Yeah. Well, one of the sad things that Sara, our tour guide, mentioned was that the reason that Duke Energy likes to buy this electricity is because it's a renewable source. Right. Because we make more garbage than yep. we can get rid of. Yep, exactly. And it's that is terrible. <laughs> I don't want to end on a sad note or a negative note. Um, we're in this building that we're in is really pretty. Cool. I like it, so let's end on the positive Yeah, and and (laughs) just to throw out there that, you know, if there are events in the community that uh, have a waste focus, a recycling focus that Mm -hmm. people want to do, we're open to having this building available for use by the community. Wow, that's good to know. We want to be focused on waste and partnership and, and that sort of thing. Partnership, yep. Glad be, to make be it good available. citizens here. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much for sitting down to talk with me. This Enjoyed it. was so informative. I feel like I have a whole new understanding of this place, and I probably understand one percent of it. There's so much technology here. People are working so hard and with such innovation to and um, what I would imagine is a pretty thankless job. But I am thankful. I appreciate it. I'm thankful that everybody's working so hard. And I I know you're probably trying to end, but the one thing I would add is, is about, I wish people knew, is, and you just alluded to it, you know, this is not a dump. Um, people like to use that term mm-hmm. that the dump is there. Um, this is a highly engineered facility mm-hmm. that has a li- uh, uh, engineered liner. Right. Um, it's not just a pile of garbage. It's not just a pile of garbage. It's not what you may have been familiar with growing up mm-hmm. uh, of throwing trash in the creek behind your house or something like that. So this like is that. not your grandpa's dump. Is that what you're trying to say? I effectively, I guess. Okay. <laughs> so, and I apologize, but I just okay. the one the, point these I wanted to These are the things I want to know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been it's been very enlightening. Appreciate your time. That wraps up my chat with John Robertson. Check out the show notes for links to schedule your own tour of the facility to get on the list for notice when compost bins will again be available for deeply discounted purchase and for ways you may not have thought of to reduce your household's contribution to the landfill. I sincerely appreciate the businesses that supported this episode, Silver Lake Construction and Treasured Memories, and I'm so grateful to Sarah Daverbash for my tour and to John Robertson for taking the time to chat with me. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by me, Karen Shore, with music by Doug Maxwell and Meteorite Productions. Be sure to like or follow Holly Springs Deep Dive Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to get information on upcoming episodes, as well as previews and other insider information. Keep sending your episode suggestions to me at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch up with you next week. Thank you.